0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie and right off the bat i know my voice i know i know i know i just got over the worst cold i have ever had in my entire life like i have never had a head cold take me out like that for almost 3 days i could not do anything it was wild so i feel totally fine now i feel back to normal my energy levels are are up My taste is back online. Like everything is normal, but I just still have the, you know, residual voice thing. And I'm sorry. I it's literally the one thing I need to do my job. And it's like the one thing that has not (laughs) has not come back since having this cold. But we press on, of course. And I'm happy to be here. I'm actually pretty surprised that I wasn't sicker for longer because those two days were so, so bad. I was like, I'm going to have this cold for like two weeks and you know what i credit that to okay so i i get a little bit sick right and i'm like okay what do i do i do all the normal stuff like i you know i ask my doctor what cold medicine i can take i'm resting all of that and then by like the middle of day 2 i was like there's got to be some secret like natural remedy that i'm missing because i feel like a lot of us feel this way i was going to say it's the libra in me but i think that a lot of people are on the same wavelength i like a balance of natural remedies and modern medicine. I don't think one school of thought has all of the answers. I think that there's beneficial information in both. So I'm doing all the modern medicine stuff, right? And I'm like, okay, I've got the Vicks, I've got whatever. And I'm like, I'm just gonna try some of these things that I've seen on TikTok. So what do I do? I eat three whole garlic cloves two days in a row. And I swear to you, it, worked. I promise. Like I, I don't know what it is, but at the time I was so congested. I couldn't even taste anything. I was COVID negative. I took three COVID tests over the course of the cold because I was like, there's no way I I don't want to brag or anything, but I have never had COVID and watch me get it. Like the minute this comes out, like I'm going to get it just watch, but I have avoided it this entire time. And I thought in, in September of 2023 is when it's going to get me but it didn't. We, we narrowly escaped. So I had three whole garlic cloves two days in a row. I mean, you smell foul. Like it's, I mean, it's strong. Like if you choose to do this, just make sure everybody near you knows that you're going to smell bad for a while. Like my boyfriend went to work the next day and he smelled like garlic. He didn't even touch me but like after I had consumed this garlic and he still smelled like garlic just by being near me, but I stand by it. It helped so much. Gar- whole garlic. Um, I don't know if I said this, but I just like I I unpeeled it and then I like cut it in half because something on I, again, I don't know if like the University of TikTok is the best place to go, but everything I was saying said that you have to like cut the garlic or like puncture it or something. So I cut it, swallowed it like a pill. And then so whole garlic, uh, sinus massage. And like lymph drainage and a humidifier. Those were like the three things that that helped the most. They helped more than the medicine that I was taking. And maybe it was a combo. Take that for what it's worth. I just wanted to share that because we're coming up on flu and cold season. And I now am like, okay, I need to have a, a whole jar of garlic ready to go at a moment's notice because it was kind of magical. But yeah, you will smell bad. You will for probably days. And every inch of your body will smell. Like my hair smells weird. And I mean, I feel better, but I smell like a garlic farmer. So take that for what it's worth. I'm not a doctor. Don't take my advice if you don't want it. I'm just sharing what helped me get over this cold. So let's discuss a few things because today is a great day to be a Swifty. I'm recording this on September 20th. So today is the day that we got the Vault Track titles for 1989. Very excited about those. Also yesterday, Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift went to dinner. I can't even, just knowing that that exists in the world, just knowing that that dinner happened, I don't even need to be there to feel excited about it. But if I were to pick one, one moment in history to be present at, you know, people choose a lot of different things when asked this question. They pick, you know, a seat at the round table of King Arthur. They they choose, you know, seeing Joan of Arc. They choose meeting Marie Antoinette. I choose going to dinner with Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift. I just did a Patreon episode about kind of like what's going on in the pop culture zeitgeist right now, all of the couples and the cancellations and all of the chaos happening. The three C's, couples cancel cancelization Hello? Do I know how to say that word? Cancelizations and chaos. And I just did a, a Patreon about it. And I that reminds me, I was going to say this, Patreon is optional. I got a review of somebody that was very upset that I have a Patreon and I was reading it and I thought maybe they think that all of my content is behind a paywall. I'm not sure. Patreon is purely bonus content. All regular content is still free. It's still accessible. But if you want bonus content, that's that's what Patreon is for. So I don't know if that person was just mad at me or was confused about what Patreon is, but it's definitely optional. Please don't feel pressure. If you are wanting to do it, I welcome you with open arms. But if not, like I will live and let live. And I'm happy that you're here with me every single week. So I talk about it there. But basically, I mean, I, I talked about it on my Instagram too. I think that Joe Jonas is kind of a piece of shit. I think that anybody who publicly goes out of their way to try to humiliate their partner, or their ex-partner, or the mother of their children, like if you're going out of your way to to try and disparage them, I think that you're a bad person. I think that you did something wrong. I think that you want to cover up something that you did. And it's like the most obvious play in the book. And I feel like 20 years ago, this would have worked. But like in the summer of Barbie, it's not going to work. Like we're not going to, like we just had the Eras tour. What do you think we're going to do? Side with Joe Jonas? No, of course not. Liana Mormont taught us better. Okay. So anyway, great day to be a Swifty. Can't wait for 1989 Taylor's version. There's a lot of rumors going around. Like, is she going to drop two albums? Is she going to drop Reputation? I theorized about this with other Swifties, kind of where everybody stands. I don't personally think that she will release Reputation at the same time as 1989, but you know what? Crazier things have happened. So who am I to say? But I am a 1989 girl. I I consider Folklore and Evermore my top two. I also kind of consider them one. Like I kind of consider them in tandem, like a yin and yang of my number one spot of Taylor Swift albums which leaves 1989 at either two or three. I've always loved it. It was my favorite until three years ago. So I can't wait for 1989. We'll have to do something very special for for that release. So I also saw this um, trend on TikTok that I wanted to start the episode with, and it's called the report. And report stands for reading, eating, playing, obsession, recommendation, treat, which is such a great podcast intro layout. Thank you to whoever thought of this, because now I can share things that I've been doing and I can give it a nice little acronym. So let's go down my list of my weekly report. First off, what am I reading? You guys know I'm just plugging away at Crescent City too. I will get to Throne of Glass. I promise you I have every intention of reading Throne of Glass and rereading Fourth Wing before the second one comes out and getting through Crescent City before the third one comes out. I know I have a lot on my plate when it comes to the SJM universe. I know Fourth Wing is not SJM, but you know, it's SJM adjacent kind of. So I'm, I'm just, I'm getting through it. And I had so, again, I had so much going on and I was so sick. I was so sick that I couldn't read. Like my eyes didn't even work. That's how sick I was. So once I get through that, I will give you guys my full, my full rundown. All right. E is for eating. And I have a very exciting announcement for myself. I don't think anybody else will probably care about this, but I can finally eat chicken. My chicken aversion has been lifted. I'm free For like the last probably two and a half months, I could not eat chicken. And then one day, last week, it kind of sounded good. So I tried it and it was totally fine. So when I was sick, I was ordering so much chick-fil-A chicken noodle soup and I was I was living for it. I could drink it. I love it so much. So that's what I've been eating the most of. And the next one is, playing. And I've been like going over my head. What have I been playing? I don't play games. I don't play video games. I, I, I couldn't decide what to put for play. And then I thought, you know what I should do instead of like games that I'm playing, I should do like what's playing on my phone. Like, what am I playing? What music am I playing? What podcasts am I listening to? And I just want to give a shout out right here. Cause this is what I was listening to this morning. It's what was playing. Get it. Yep. You get it. Girls camp, the girls camp podcast by Haley Rawl, which is a wonderful, wonderful podcast. I was able to go on it. This was a few months ago now. I was probably on it in like February, all about kind of post-Mormonism, navigating post-Mormonism. She had a wonderful episode come out this week with Amber up, and I just wanted to, to shout her out. And I think she does such a good job. I love this like growing atmosphere of female podcasters because it really is like the wild west out here, you guys podcasting has no rules. None of us know what the hell is going on. So the more people that do it, the more community there is in it. And I just, I love what Haley's doing. If you are navigating post-Mormonism, if you are navigating any part of church stuff, she's just created a very gentle, lovely space for everybody. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Amika. You guys know it. You live it. You love it. You laugh it. Amika. I've been buying Amika's products from Sephora for years. And I'm so happy to finally be partnering with them. My favorite line from Amika personally, I love the cure line. It's the cure with a K because we're fancy. And it has helped my hair so much. I have hair issues. Okay. They get dry, I get split ends but The Cure is the best, most deliciously moisturizing line I've used. Amika's Clinically Proven Shampoo and Conditioner Duos leave your hair looking and feeling like you just left the salon. Their science-backed formulas are powered by nourishing, naturally-derived ingredients with no nasty stuff, and they deliver visible, woe-worthy results for every hair type. They are a fearless, Brooklyn-born, salon-raised hair care brand, and they are a friend to all hair, hairstylists, the planet, and you. They also did something very special. They created a landing page on their website of all of my favorite products, so you can shop all of my favorites at at loveamika.com slash bad. And you can also get 20% off of your order. So go to that loveamika.com slash bad. And you're going to see the iconic dry shampoo that everybody raves about that I've fallen in love with. They've got an overnight hydrating hair mask that I use like every single night. And you can also shop that cure intense bond repair mask that I was just talking about. It's truly, truly the best. So once again, go to loveamika.com bad to shop my favorites, get 20% off of your order also. And the 20% off discount is automatically applied at checkout. If you use my link, it also can't be combined with other offers and it expires on November 1st, 2023. So my story is up on there on her podcast. But again, the episode with Amber was really great. So that's what's playing. That's what's playing. Okay, next one, obsession. My obsession this week was the show Glow Up on Netflix. It's a makeup competition, but it's British. And you know how things are just better when they're British? Yeah, that's how Glow Up is. It's kind of like if Bake Off met Project Runway. Something about something about the vibes of both of those if they were married, it would be glow up. And I watched two whole seasons, loved it. Trixie Mattel is on an episode. If that, I mean, if you need more convincing, there it is. I love it. It was so good. The next R is for recommending. And I'm recommending to all of you something that was recommended to me by Claire, the Claire Necessities. Shout out to my new online friend who I wish I knew in real life. But she showed me the Primally Pure brand and it's their everything balm and when i say everything i mean everything my face was super dry all weekend because i was i was so stuffy and i was blowing my nose a bunch put it all over my face. I put it on my boobs, my belly, my hips, you know, just my body keeps expanding. So I just need to keep it lubed up. And it's so good. It works like a charm. I love it. So I think Claire has a code for it. If you go to her TikTok or her Instagram, but it's the Primally Pure Everything Balm. I'm about ready to go get another jar because I have blown through this one because I just gob it all over myself. Okay. So the tea in report is for treat. And obviously the treat that I'm going for the most lately is anything and everything pumpkin flavored. And I went to Trader Joe's yesterday to stock up because I hadn't yet been when all of it was in stock. I went like 2 weeks ago and they had a couple things and I was like, "No, I'm ready to be I'm ready to be bombarded by pumpkin." And it just left me speechless. And I'm not sure if it's a good thing, but I just I need to vent about this. I need to talk about this because I'm a fall girl. Okay, I was born in October. I love autumn. I stand with all of us. I'm a pumpkin apologist till the day I die. I want everything to be orange and butternut squash and cinnamon and apple year round, like even sitting here recording, knowing that it's fall outside, like I feel enlightened. Okay, I'm more inspired. I'm a better person in the fall. So I beg you. To keep that in mind before I say this next part, because it might cause an uproar, but just, just hear me out. Okay, I'm not a hater. I am a lover of pumpkin. And I just think that Trader Joe's might have too much pumpkin this year. There is an overwhelming amount of pumpkin products and fall products at Trader Joe's right now. Almost to the point of where it was hard to even buy anything that wasn't pumpkin flavored. Like, I got home from the grocery store and I took everything out, and I had like two things, and it was like bread and orange juice that weren't pumpkin flavored. And honestly, that shocked me that I was able to find those things not pumpkin flavored. It was like getting a rectal exam from a pumpkin patch. It was so aggressive. So, I decided to take time out of the podcast this week to discuss the pumpkin products at Trader Joe's because I know that all of us are, we're so excited about them. I know I tried many of them. I like a lot of them. I don't like a lot of them. I actually hate a few of them. And I feel like I need to give you guys my full, my full list of what I think is worth it and what is not. So yes, this is, we're moving on to a new segment. Okay. This is, I'm tacking this on to the T of report, but I also need to take some time to discuss the pumpkin products at Trader Joe's. It's what I could write, I could write a, uh, what's the word? Dissertation on this. So let's begin our next segment of the podcast, which is Maddie Reviews Trader Joe's Pumpkin Products. I didn't have time to think of a better, a better title than that. So that's what you get. These are the 2023 releases. And what I think about them, and if they need to stay or if they need to go. Okay, first we've got Pumpkin Sticky Toffee Cakes. I am an absolute dirty whore for a sticky toffee pudding. You will not find me ranking a dessert higher than that, maybe ever. If it is on a menu, I want it, I need it, and I also need one to take home. Do I think we need a pumpkin-flavored one? I get it, and I love a pumpkin-baked good. That's my, my main issue is that I love a pumpkin-baked good, but I also think that so many fall flavors and fall desserts are wonderful without pumpkin. Like, I think sticky toffee pudding... Is a great dessert for fall without the pumpkin. So I'm gonna let it stay, but it's with a grudge in my heart. Apple cinnamon buns, not that good. They're not that good. Little dry, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, The pumpkin gnocchi, I feel like would be delicious with a sage and brown butter sauce. I know that's a typical pairing for pumpkin gnocchi. So I didn't buy it, but I actually did think about it after and I was like, I should have bought that. So yes, the pumpkin gnocchi can stay. Salted maple ice cream. As a maple hater, as you guys know, I only want the fakest, most Americanized corn syrup syrup on my pancakes and waffles and things. I'm going to go no on maple ice cream as well as a no on the maple spiced nut mix. Have you guys ever happened upon the pistachio nut meats at Trader Joe's? I don't have a lot to say about it, except that I just feel like maybe we could think of a different word for nut meat than nut meat. Uh, the pumpkin spiced Jojo's are good. I don't like the the chocolate cover. These are like covered in like a, well, it's like a yogurt covering. It's like a white chocolate pumpkin spice thing. That's too much for me. I like the plain Jojo's, but I love when Trader Joe's does like one of their iconic things and makes it fall. Like when they do the pumpkin butter, like they always have the cookie butter and then they do the pumpkin butter. I like that. That's the That's the stuff that I like. Honey roasted pumpkin ravioli, It's going to, I mean, it's going to be a yes from me. I just, I think the pumpkin ravioli, something about pumpkin and pasta really gets me. Caramel apple mochi is a pass from me. Butternut squash mac and cheese is an absolute yes. Overnight oats, thumbs down. I like oats one way and it's in a cookie. You'll never convince me. Actually, that's a lie. I do like oatmeal, like fresh oatmeal when it has brown sugar and chocolate chips and heavy cream on it. So basically just cookie in a different form. Uh, the pumpkin yogurt is a no for me. I don't, I just don't, I don't ever eat yogurt and wish that it was more pumpkiny. You know, sometimes I eat desserts and I wish they were more pumpkiny. Yogurt never happened to me. All the pumpkin body stuff, I don't like the hand soap, the lotion. I don't like any of that to be pumpkin. I don't want to smell like pumpkin. Okay, I just want to taste pumpkin all the time. feel the same way about their overnight face mask over overnight I didn't know if I said overnight oats uh along with their pumpkin greek yogurt they also have a an apple cinnamon greek yogurt that's a little bit more palatable for me also by the way this is not the entire episode okay we have we have another segment coming after this but I just I felt really really strongly that we needed to, to discuss these things uh the pumpkin dog treats don't know don't have a dog if your dog loves them then keep going The maple vinaigrette dressing, haven't tried, can't imagine that I will like it, but let me know if you have. The pumpkin butternut squash bisque, I do love along with their plain pumpkin bisque and their autumnal pasta sauce. That is like, I mean, butternut squash really does rival pumpkin for me when it comes to fall flavors. And I also love the pumpkin hold the cone. I got these. Oh, they're so, so good. They're dipped in white chocolate and... That I can get down with. The chocolate mousse pumpkins are a pass for me. Pumpkin cheesecake is a yes. Pumpkin streusel muffins can always stay because it's a baked good along with the pumpkin brioche French toast and the pumpkin bagels, which of course you got to go with the pumpkin cream cheese. The organic fall, I think it's Zuquette pasta. They're shaped like little pumpkins. Those are perfect with the autumnal, uh, what's it called? Pasta sauce that I just talked about. The fall harvest salsa I haven't tried I'm gonna go with a no on that though. I'm gonna go with a no on the fall harvest salsa as well as the pumpkin tortilla chips. If you have something that you love to eat the tortilla chips with, let me know because to me they don't sound very good. Now, one of the iconic things that comes out every fall at Trader Joe's is the sweet cinnamon filled Korean pancakes. These are called hotek in Korean, I believe. I hope I'm saying that right. I had them for the first time when I was in LA a few years ago and I, they're the best tasting things. I should not have bought them because I can sit down and eat all six in 10 minutes flat. They are one of the best things that have ever come out of Trader Joe's. Uh, the apple and pumpkin hand pies are a pass for me. They're just, they're not that good. I feel like Trader Joe's bakery section is either incredible or super, super dry. I don't really know why that is. Anything like pumpkin spice coffee and pumpkin tea is a pass for me because I feel like we already have the ultimate fall drink and it's chai. Like nothing will ever top chai. You, it's like if you liquefied a sweater and the album red, you would get chai. So why are we messing with it? Oh, talking about this has actually got me worked up and a little bit winded. I just had to pause and take a water break because I'm so worked up about this. An underdog that I love is the Ghost and Bats Crispy Potato Snacks. They are weird. They taste like something between a Pringle and a packing peanut. I don't know why, but I still love them. The pumpkin Danish Kringle is an absolute yes. That Kringle, oh my gosh. If I could have a relationship with a baked good, it would be the Danish Kringle. The mini pumpkin ginger scones are a no for me. I just don't really love scones. And the apple cider donuts are dry. They're not... They're not for me. They they do not live up to some of the other donut options or cake options even that Trader Joe's has to offer. This pumpkin walks into a bar, which is the cereal bar. You guys know how I feel about Trader Joe's naming their shit that like I love those cookies that they have, but they're called these sprinkles walked into a cookie and they are humiliating to buy. And they're like, they're shameful to eat at night because you have to read that title and know that you picked something with such a stupid title. But yeah, this pumpkin walks into a bar. It's giving Fig Newton. We have enough. Don't want it. Uh, the pumpkin spice batons, which are like the pirouette cookies, again, not necessary to pumpkify that. One of my hard yeses is the pumpkin bread mix, just their plain pumpkin bread mix. It's, it's amazing. It really is some of the best ever. And an absolute no is the pumpkin granola, like bark, the pumpkin spice granola bark. I put this on my story, but it does taste like horse feed. It is very equestrian. It's, it's not good. It's not good. The pumpkin spice teeny tiny pretzels are really good. Super, super sweet, but I still really, really like them. I don't like the pumpkin O's. I don't really like any of Trader Joe's cereals. They just taste stale to me. I mean, I still buy them. Of course I buy them. One thing that I'm excited to try is the pumpkin chocolate chunk oatmeal cookie mix. Great. I think that's a great addition. And then we've got the pumpkin Jojo's, which you guys know, I love that because I love a spinoff, a seasonal spinoff. And last thing, I bought the pumpkin spice pumpkin seeds. I have absolutely no clue why. I guess I'll put them on my pumpkin bread. I don't know. That's what Trader Joe's does or not Trader Joe's Starbucks does on their pumpkin bread. They have a little pepita on top. So maybe I'll do that. All right. Thank you for indulging my semi-brief, semi-intense thoughts about pumpkin products at Trader Joe's. You know what, if I'm missing something and you guys have an amazing recommendation about one of these products, please let me know. I have room in my heart to, you know, for more pumpkin, but Trader Joe's just, they really overwhelmed me. I just, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. It was like, I I felt like I was dodging Jack Skellington at every turn, trying to get around all of these pumpkin products. So let's go on to our main course of the episode, which has nothing to do with fall or Trader Joe's or pumpkins. And it has everything to do with you because now we begin Dear Dr. Maddie. It's been a long time since we've done a Dear Dr. Maddie episode what Dear Dr. Maddie is, is basically like Dear Dr. Laura, which we all grew up listening to in the car with our moms, but it's more fun and it's less weird and less sexist and overall better. Okay, that's a, that's a big claim to make. I won't say that it's better, but I do have more fun doing this than I ever did listening to Dr. Laura. So you guys submitted to me situations that you're in that you need my maybe helpful, maybe really bad Advice on. So let's begin. She says, okay, I fell victim to the three month situationship. It may sound crazy, but I swear this man is perfect for me. We have the exact same sense of humor and I have never met anyone that matched my energy so well. He was so sweet to me. He was so consistent with communication. Basically, he was just the best guy I ever met. In my years of dating, I've never met someone that I got along with so well. Around the three month mark, he shut down. He was hardly speaking to me, but but would then call me at night, apologizing for how shitty he was treating me. He said he felt like he couldn't meet my expectations and was really struggling mentally, but still wanted to pursue a relationship. I told him we could continue, but I just needed him to communicate with me a bit more. Things did not improve, and I called it off. We haven't so- spoken since, but I'm still convinced he's perfect for me. I texted him at 2 a.m. a few nights ago, and I haven't heard anything at all. Every day I consider reaching out. What do I do? I just really miss him. So much, well, first of all, a few things. The first thing is that I feel like when you're in a situation ship or when there's still a little bit of a chase or a you know a little bit of a game going on, it's really easy to fill in the blanks with all of the perfect qualities that this person has like to fantasize and say, oh my gosh, they're so perfect for me. They are the only one who gets me there. The only one, when there's like the mystery, we tend to fill in those blanks with the best possible scenario. That's what I'm trying to say. When you're not in a full relationship with somebody and you're not like digging in deep and getting intimate and figuring them out, you don't really know them well enough to say, this person is perfect for me. That's kind of my theory there. The other part of this is that first of all, I think you were right to cut it off and walk away because- It's not enough for a guy to feel bad about how he acts. It's just, it's not enough. It's not enough for a guy to say, "Oh, I know I was really shitty today. Like, I'm really sorry about that." That's it's it's not enough. It has to be more. It has to be, "Oh my gosh, I will never act like that again." If that hurts your feelings, then I'm gonna make sure not to do it. And then the next day, you wake up and he does all of. I mean, I'm not saying he has to do all of the right things. I'm not saying he has to be perfect, but there has to be an effort there because like it it seems like and i'm I again, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, I'm not saying this is malicious or anything, but it seems like he wants one foot in and one foot out, which is not fair. It's not fair, obviously, you're not wanting that, and I tell people this all the time, like after going through a divorce and you know the trauma of that, a breakup will hurt for a little bit. It really will. To walk away will hurt really bad for, you know, even, I feel like sometimes these situationships or these like short-term relationships hurt more than like long-term marriages and relationships. I don't know. i I feel like I've heard that a lot, but I think that what people need to know is that being, you know, breaking up with somebody will hurt for a little bit. Being in a hard relationship will hurt forever, like trying to work it out day in and day out, not feeling appreciated, not feeling heard, not feeling loved, not feeling like they like you as much as you like them. That is like long term heartbreak. So, I mean, it it's it's easy for me to say being on this side of it, but it's definitely what I've learned is that it it's going to feel bad to break up with somebody and to walk away and to cut somebody out. it's the way less painful option in the long run. OK, next one. Hot topic coming in dear Dr Maddie I have a few girlfriends who just started taking a diabetic medication for weight loss she doesn't say which one but you know it's probably probably ozempic or something like that none of them are diabetic and I am so bugged by it these are friends who are not medically obese they're just on the larger side of average they're also not women who have even tried to make diet changes or have an active lifestyle I'm weirdly stressed that they are going to be thin and hotter than me and not because they worked hard and want a healthier life but because they are rich enough to pay for an for unnecessary medicated weight loss how do i cope with my feelings well i think right up top before we even talk about any of the ozempic stuff going on i think that it's a really important thing to realize that it is not a guarantee that if you lose weight or if you you know get down to a size that you want to be at or whatever that your life will get better. I think that it's one of those things that we we put it in our head, like, well, if I was just thinner, then I would be happier and my life would be better. And all of my problems would be gone or whatever. I I feel the same way about like, about money. So many people are like, well, if I was just super rich, then all of my problems would be gone. And I feel like we see it happen to people and they get a ton of money or they lose weight or they get surgery or whatever. And life goes on the same. There's still daily stresses of life. It's just, maybe a little bit different, or maybe you worry about different things. Like it is not a one-way ticket to happiness. Being thin is not is not a ticket to life being easy or, you know, all of your problems magically going away. And I don't know, I think about the Ozempic stuff a lot. I think about the trend of it. And I think that it is up to people what they want to do with their own body. It is a medical choice. It is It is up to them. I will tell you how I feel about it personally, on, on my own, completely my own experience and my own opinions on it. I would, I would not do it because I feel like the type of health that I want and the type of body that I want to live in and appreciate is going to be a more long-term like lifestyle and commitment thing than Ozempic or whatever the, the weight loss drugs can give me. I, I don't have a goal in life to be thin. I don't have a goal in life to be a certain size. I have a goal in life to have like sustainable health and movement in my body and be able to live a really fun life and be able to do whatever I want to do and be able to wake up no matter what age I am and, you know, feel good in my body. I want my kid to see what long-term health looks and feels like and, I don't want it to be a household of, well, we just, we, you know, eat terribly, and we don't take care of ourselves and we don't care, but it's fine because we can crash diet or we can go on Ozempic or we can, you know, whatever, we'll just lose the weight later. Like I, I don't, I personally, that's not what I want. All of this to say, I'm not trying to sound holier than thou. I'm not trying to sound judgmental. I understand why people do it. I understand that it is a huge benefit to so many people. It helps so many people reach goals and kickstart lifestyles and all of that. This is purely just my opinion and how I feel best about approaching health. And it took me a while and maybe it took getting pregnant even to realize that being thin was not my goal and it wasn't even what I, what I wanted and to actually mean that, to actually really get to a point where I was like, man, being thin actually won't change anything. You know, it doesn't make my friends love me more. It doesn't make my relationships better. It doesn't make me better at my job. It's not going to do any of those things. It would purely be something that I would do for other people and for the, the gaze of other people gays being G-A-Z-E, not G A Y S. But I just think lately I've been trying to ask myself, like, if I was on a deserted island, would I still do it? If I was on a deserted island, would I still want to do this? And if I was on a deserted island, would I still want to take Ozempic and be thin? No. I wouldn't. So why am I taking it? It's like it's 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 amazing what you will shed when you ask yourself, wait, am I doing this so that other people think that I look good or other people think that I'm rich or hot or skinny or whatever. Uh, it's pretty freeing. And to answer your question, sorry, I kind of got off topic, just kind of ranting about how I feel about Ozempic and the the weight loss stuff. But how do her last question was, how do I cope with my feelings about it, about your friends losing weight? I think that part of it is staying in your own lane and not in a rude way. I'm not saying you're interfering in any way, but staying in your own lane is in like focusing on your own life and your own strengths and your own stuff. Because I feel like, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in like the copying episode, that if you're feeling like a jealousy or you're feeling something like that, it is probably something internal and we all have it. We all have things like we see people and it affects us. Like, I project on people all the time. I'll see TikToks and I like feel like a deep rage and I'm like, oh, that's a me issue. Like they're literally just living their life and doing what's best for them. And I'm getting triggered by it for some reason. So that's definitely something that I need to do. And I've learned like probably the number one life lesson, which I feel like is applicable to this situation and basically every other situation. But as I've gone through the, the things that I've been through and I've healed from a lot, I feel like when I've, when I've looked at internally, when I've stayed in my lane, when I've really put effort into being the healthiest version of myself, that has cascaded into every other area of my life. Like I feel like I was, I was healing from a lot of really bad trauma in the last year. And when I felt those things improving and I felt like this, this work actually working, every other aspect got better. Work was easier. I was healthier. My relationships were better because the only thing I was focused on was day to day being like the healthiest, happiest version of myself and I feel like that is a coping mechanism for any anytime we feel these feelings about other people, because at the end of the day, I'm, in, I'm in charge of me, which seems like a really stupid, like lesson to have to learn at age 30. But I always thought that I had this kind of false sense of control over my life. And if this person would do this, then I would feel better about this. And if this person, you don't have any of it, you don't have any control over what anybody else does. Everybody around you is going to do things that bother you, that trigger you, that make you upset. You're never going to rid your life of them. Even the people that you love, your best friends, your family, they're going to do things that are not going to make you super happy. And what are we going to do? Are we going to just sit and hope that they change what they're doing so that we're more comfortable? Or is it time to just be like, Oh yeah, that's my responsibility. And again, I, I, I like, I, I like to give advice. I don't know if it's always super helpful. And I also never wanted to come across like I am doing this perfectly because This is something that I have to remind myself how little control we have over other people. And the more effort we put in to controlling other people, the more unhappy we are guaranteed to be. So I hate for the advice to be focused on yourself, but I think that the advice might be focus on yourself. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Quince. I don't feel like enough people know about Quince. Do you guys know? Have you guys been listening? Let me tell you about it. Quince has the best Basics, the best clothes, best quality for the best price. It is like a full closet upgrade without spending every last dime that you have. Quince creates timeless classics that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. If you're a capsule wardrobe person, if you're a basics person, which is me, they have your must haves. Like they've got Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50. They've got suede and leather jackets, Blouses, simple dresses, and here's the kicker all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with the top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes on the savings to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love all of their maternity stuff. And I'm even like, I'm already wearing nursing bras because they're just way, way, way more comfortable. I wear the quince one almost every single day. I also love, they have this like cute hospital, um, like set that you can buy for when you give birth. They've got the nursing bra or robe. It's amazing. So take the drama out of planning an outfit and upgrade your closet with quince today. Go to quince.com slash bad. That would be a really great gift for one of your pregnant friends sorry to just slip that in, but I'm just saying it would be. So anyway, go to quince.com slash bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash bad and get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash bad. This episode of the Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Squarespace. You want to know what's really fun Owning your own business, starting your own business, running your own business. You know what's really hard? Building a website, starting a website, running a website. But Squarespace is the all in one place that makes it super, super easy. If you're kind of a dummy like me when it comes to anything related to a computer. Squarespace is the best website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or you're managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place, all on your terms. You can upload, organize, and access all of your content from one place with their asset library. You can manage all your files from one central hub, and then you can use them across the Squarespace platform. You can also easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that helps engage your audience and scale your brand. That's where I started. The very first thing I ever did was merch, and I sold it through Squarespace. Also, they make it easy to build. You can get started with one of their professional website templates. They have designs for every category, and then you can customize your look, update your content, and add features to fit your unique needs. So head over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can go to squarespace.com bad To save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, that is squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, next one. My friend has been dating a guy for five years expecting him to propose to her and he won't. He seems like an okay guy in every other way, but it's sad to see her be strung along by him when she's clearly wanting to be married and he's not. Should I tell her to give him an ultimatum slash leave him? Or do I need to just be a silent bystander in order to keep being a good friend? The don't give the unsolicited advice. Don't do it. If she asks you, you have every right to tell her your opinion on it, but do not offer that unsolicited. It is a, it is a slippery slope to try to tell your friends how they should do their relationship. It will hurt the friendship. Again, if she asks, you have every right to be honest. But, you know, other than that, I say no. Next one. How do I transition from Mormonism or another high demand religion to find to finding your or let's see how to transition from Mormonism or another high. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm going to get through this how to transition from Mormonism or another high demand religion to finding your true self and discovering what you believe. Well, I'm going to reference back to the girls camp podcast. Great, great insights there. Transitioning from Mormonism to finding your true self is tricky. And it was tricky for me because so many parts of myself that were truly me and were truly things that I believed were wrapped up in Mormonism. Like some Mormon beliefs, I still, I still, I mean, they're quote unquote Mormon. They're pretty general, but you know, life after death, things like that, that I very much believe in. And I think one of the things it's, it's important to remember that you don't have to, you don't have to leave all of it behind. You can take the things that feel right to you, that feel true to you. Like I said, one of mine's life after death, life before this, you know, a bigger plan, something bigger than us those are things that I learned through Mormonism that still very much resonate with me and that I, I still really identify with. I think that, uh, trying everything, even if it's really scary and that's, that's very broad. Let me get a little more, let me get a little bit more specific, but reading about a lot of different belief systems or, you know, practicing different meditations or prayer or things like that, even though they feel a little clunky and awkward, like even meditating to me now feels a little bit awkward. Like it doesn't feel like prayer to me and it just, it didn't work for me in that way. I had to find another way to like connect and all of that, but just being open to all of the different things and not writing them off because they feel uncomfortable. Because I think when you're in a high demand religion, you know, my experience is obviously with Mormonism. There's a lot of fear around other, you know, there's a lot of fear around things that feel different, different religions, different spiritualities, different, all that and even different like lifestyles, different habits, things like that. They felt very bad and wrong. And I just kind of had to do them and not all of them worked for me. And some of them worked for a little bit and now they don't anymore. And it was, it was really, it was an uncomfortable thing, but now I'm a few years removed from it. And I feel like I've kind of pieced together like my lifestyle and my habits and my spiritual practices and all of that And I still am discovering them. I just, I asked my friend Ash, like this was a couple months ago. I was like, how can I put together my spirituality? Like, where do I begin? Like, how do I do this? Because it's like this ever evolving thing. And with that said, I think that that's beautiful. I think that it's wonderful that now you have the freedom to discover and rediscover and do things and throw them away. And I had spiritual practices a year ago that I will now never do again that don't resonate with me at all. And I don't owe anybody, owe anybody an explanation. I don't have to leave meditation. You know, I don't have to resign from those things. It just, you know, it doesn't work for me, and I move on. And then I get to kind of piece myself together. So I think that trying everything and doing your best to eliminate fear from things that might feel different, and also knowing that you can hold on to things that feel really good to you and really positive, and um, you don't have to throw throw the, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bath water. That's my mom always says that to me. And I think that that is great advice when it comes to religion. Okay. Next one. Hi, Maddie. I'm 22 and here's the deal. Sorry, this is long and not very articulate, but I'm in the improv club at my university. Hold for laughter because I'm pretty sure you've made fun of it before. If I have ever made fun of improv, just know that it's out of deep jealousy that I didn't start doing improv early in my youth. It is such a skill. It is amazing for comedy and it takes such a bravery to be on stage and not have set lines of what you're supposed to say. So if I've ever made fun of it, just know I'm projecting. Uh, but the president of the club is this really cute guy. We've talked more than once and he knows my name, which every time he says that I melt a little bit, which I know is silly because that is less than the bare minimum, but I still am like, he, he, can you tell I've never dated before? I like him. He's like Andy Samberg cute, but made even more cute because he's so funny. Anyway, you've talked about making friends in adulthood, but I don't know how to do it with him because I do want to be his friend and I don't want it to be weird or obvious that I like him if that's not already obvious. So how do I be his friend? I love you and your podcast. Thanks for everything. And thanks for exemplifying how to be safe, kind and hot. Can't wait for your baby broad. Sorry, I probably did not need to yell that, but I am also very excited. I love this little I love this little chicken tender inside of me. Anyway, how I would make friends with this person? Well, because you obviously have a crush on him. So this isn't like you're trying to make an adult like female bestie, like you're trying to hang out with this guy. Keep it casual first and do a group activity, plan a movie night, plan a lunch, plan a dinner, plan a, you know, watch the game at your apartment or whatever you like to do and invite him. And I think that if you're, you know, you're trying to be friends, but kind of single him out and like get him interested. I mean, just make sure that you're initiating conversation when you're all in a group, make sure you're putting effort into sitting by him or striking up a conversation. You don't have to ask him out on a date right away. But if you're wanting to start as friends, I say do a friendly, a friendly hangout where you clearly put a little bit more effort into talking to him than the rest of the group. Throw him a few, throw him a few compliments, you know, genuine ones that you actually mean. Never underestimate the power of stroking a male ego, which is, both terrifying and true and sometimes helpful if you need it. Okay. Next one. Maddie, love the pod so much that you are my pure inspiration for starting a podcast with my best friend. Of course we can't measure. That's not true. You can measure up. You definitely can. What are some key elements to remember when starting a podcast? Basics, not how to be the bad broadcast, but how to make it ours and be us. Thanks. Love you. And so excited to see you thrive in motherhood. I feel like I haven't shared podcasting tips in a minute and I don't know a whole lot, but I do know that you got to pick something that you love talking about. That's how you make it your own, even if it's very niche. I mean, I just did, you know, a 15 minute segment on pumpkin treats, but I love talking about it. It's something that I genuinely really enjoy. I feel that way when we like rank food or movies or whatever it is, like whatever we talk about on the podcast, it's stuff I genuinely like talking about. And that's why we have hours and hours and hours of this because you will be spending hours and hours and hours talking about it. So make sure it's something that you love. Uh, Try not to interrupt guests. That is literally not my strong suit. I'm saying that as advice to myself too. I just get so excited when I'm chatting with somebody. Um, Try to talk fast. Try to talk clearly. uh, Be consistent with posting episodes. It's hard when, when you're on your own, like at the beginning when I wasn't, you know, I didn't have deadlines or anything. And I was like, Hey, I got to get up and I got to do this episode. I was recording like Sunday nights at midnight, like trying to make sure I got them up because you got to stay consistent. You got to make sure that you're giving people, you know, scheduled content, uh, do your best to connect with your audience. However, that might be social media is obviously an amazing tool for that to hear what your audience wants to, uh, hear from you and how to better connect with them. And people love people. Remember that people love people. So the more yourself you are, the more human you are. People like to see kind of the messiness of life. So don't be afraid to talk about it. There's my, there's my few little podcasting tips. A lot of people ask me like tips about gear and like microphones. No clue. Not my strong suit. I have to ask everybody else for advice. I couldn't tell you one thing that I'm using right now. I I plug it in and I start yapping and that's my setup. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Clean Simple Eats. I am happy to report that I have found the protein powder for all of us picky protein powder ladies. I find the protein powder is a little bit chalky. I don't always love it, but Clean Simple Eats is super smooth. It's delicious. It's creamy, no chalkiness, and They have basically every delicious flavor that you can conceptualize. They have it. They've got s'mores, cake batter, mint chocolate chip cookie, coconut cream pie. Who else is making protein? That delicious. I also know for a fact that many of you have fallen in love with this because this is a real DM that I received this morning. It says, Maddie, your ad for Clean Simple Eats hooked me because I am also picky about my protein. I bought the variety pack and I didn't even try more than three before I bought a ton more. I've told everyone I know about it. That is real. That is real. That's not staged. I got that. So in case you don't believe me, believe your fellow bad broads. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested, non-GMO, and gluten-free. Plus, Clean Simple Eats is a female-founded, female-owned business, and you know I love that. So they are offering my listeners a very special deal. Go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BAD at checkout for 20% off of your first order. Once again, that is cleansimpleeats.com. The code is BAD, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. This episode of The BAD Broadcast is sponsored by DoorDash. What a time. What a time to be alive that we have the convenience of a restaurant and grocery delivery right at our fingertips. DoorDash offers delivery from thousands of grocery stores and restaurants to choose from so you can find the best in your area. You can get exactly what you ordered, or DoorDash will make it right. I have experience with this. I have been lucky enough to communicate with the DoorDash team and land in a place where we are partnered together. And I feel very lucky, very heard, very taken care of. With easy substitutes right in the app and the best in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. You can also get even more value when you get the Dash Pass membership. You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders. very, very lucky to be partnered with DoorDash. I've learned more about their processes, how they take care of their drivers, how they make sure you get the best delivery service, stuff I didn't understand before. I get it. I get it now. So they are offering my listeners 50% off of their first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code BAD at checkout. This is a limited time offer and terms do apply. That's 50% off of up to a $20 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BAD. Don't forget that's code BAD for 50% off of your first order with DoorDash. Okay. Next one. Dear Maddie, your help is needed on this one. I have a best friend. Let's call her Emma who has been my ride or die for years. The kind of friend who calls to you to check in proactively makes plans, wants to travel the world together. Recently, Emma has just dropped off the face of the planet. She doesn't make, or she doesn't respond to texts. she never reaches out anymore. And if I try to make plans somehow they're always too inconvenient for her. I get the life is busy and she's had a lot of changes in her career and love life as of late, But I and other friends feel so abandoned by her. We brought this up to her and she told us that she would try to make us more of a priority. Nothing changed. So we asked her to come hang out with us so we could talk about it. She was unwilling to do the 45-minute drive because it's too big of an inconvenience. It's so frustrating because I love her dearly and I would make that drive for her any day. She tells me she still wants to be friends, but her actions say otherwise. I'm okay if our friendship needs to evolve or if she really just doesn't have the time for me that she used to. But I have plenty of friends who I see infrequently that still make me feel loved and wanted. I'm missing wait, oh, I'm missing that from her and I'm not sure what to do. Well, you brought up the changes in her career and love life and my mind goes right to she might be struggling. She might be depressed. She might be not feeling like herself. And if that is the case, if that's the read that you're getting on it, I think that showing up for her is still very important. And if that's not the vibe that you're getting, then I think that matching the energy is appropriate. I think that you shouldn't have to bend over backwards and be the only one planning things and the only one putting an effort and the only one doing anything that, you know, resembles having a friendship, but still remaining. Therefore, I'm not saying like cut her off and break up with her or whatever, but I think it's appropriate to communicate like, Hey, and it sounds like you guys have, it sounds like you guys, I I mean, sitting her down and like having a big talk about it, it can feel a little bit intense. She might feel a little attacked. She might feel cornered. It might make her feel stupid, but kind of gently reminding her like, Hey, I really want to see you you know, if, whenever you're free this week, just let me know. And then if she doesn't reach out, you know, you can still text her and remind her, say, Hey, I love you. I'm here for you. And maybe that might be the kind of phase that your friendship is in right now. Just kind of checking in and saying, Hey, I love you. And I'm thinking about you. I'm here whenever you need literally anything, taking the pressure off of like the plans and the proactively doing things and just letting her either, you know, start to plan things and start to initiate those things or letting your relationship evolve into something that, maybe not seeing each other very much, which sucks and is hard. But if you do it in like the right way and you make sure that the the other person knows like, Hey, life got busy and it has nothing to do with how much I love you or how badly I want to see you or talk to you. But we just, you know, our schedules are different. I feel like my, like my friendships that I've had for a long time, they've totally evolved. I mean, we don't talk every day. We used to see each other every day. We used to have sleepovers every single night when we were in college, when we were single. And now it's like, life is different. Life is busy. But if I think about it, I'll always text and say, Hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. Let me know if you need anything. And that might be the point. But again, I would, I would analyze the read on if she is depressed and if she's having a hard time and if, you know, being in groups or being cornered like that is hard for her, just might be something to keep in mind. Okay. This last one I'm very excited about because I phoned a friend for it. She says, dear Dr. Maddie, I'm the mother of a teenage girl and I'm struggling to know how to help her with mean girlfriends like girls who are supposed to be some of her best friends, but are not standing up for her when boys are being rude and laughing at her. Obviously the boys are a problem too, but what do you do when you don't even have a friend to back you up and defend you? There have been other incidents where she has been out with her friends and they tell her she should walk home alone now so they can be alone with their boyfriends. Sorry, last my spot. She has other friends but these mean girlfriends are in a few of her after school teams and we carpool. I've given my daughter all the advice I can, and I don't know at what point I should say something to these mean girls' parents. As a parent, how do you know when to get involved and say something to the other mean teens or their parents? So I, of course, had to ask my gorgeous, lovely mother for advice on this because I am not the parent of a teenage girl, but my mom was at one point, and she gave a lot of good little tidbits. So first she told me, she said, she always tried to think of what I needed at that time. Was it that I needed to feel confident that I needed to feel heard that I needed What was it that I needed? And was what she was about to do going to accomplish that? So if I needed to feel confident or I needed to feel beautiful or whatever it was, was calling the parents of my friends going to accomplish that. Maybe she needs to feel stuck up for and then calling the parents would make sense, but maybe she's needing to feel special or needing to feel confident or something like that. So my mom would always do things and I remember her doing this and she brought it up. She would do things that tried to distract me for a little bit or tried to remind me that I was great or that I, you know, had all this stuff going for me. So my mom would take me on little outings or she would write me a note or she would give me a list of things that she really loved about me. And then another thing that she would do is that and she she just said on the phone. She said, "I think a little righteous indignation is okay sometimes." Like I always felt very validated when my mom would say, "That is really mean of them. That is not okay. That is a horrible thing. You are so right to feel that way." That was really helpful to have my mom agree with me, which it sounds like you're doing. But yeah, that was something that she said that she always did. And then the last thing she said is that she would try to help me avoid situations that it could happen in the future. So maybe I do a different hobby or a different sports team, or if they're having a sleepover, maybe we go do something. The two of us together that night, we go shopping, we go stay the night at a hotel, something like that. Trying to avoid situations where the mean girls could possibly hurt my feelings. I thought all of that was such great advice. So thank you to my wonderful mother for stepping in for the motherly advice one day I will have motherly advice. I can't guarantee it'll be great, but you know, we're closing in on my time, not being a parent, which is just crazy to me. It's crazy that, you know, this time next year, I'm going to be telling all of you guys how to parent. I'm just kidding. Hopefully I will never do that. And I will probably just be asking for advice rather than giving it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. What, a like I know I don't sound as healthy as I normally do, but that was an invigorating episode to record. I loved every single minute of that. Thank you guys for trusting me and asking me these questions. I love to help where I can. I just, you know, my life has been a little wild this last year. I feel like I have, I've done my best to gain experience from it and not let it, you know, overtake my life and really make it something useful that I can share with you guys. I always want to be helpful. That's something that I've always wanted to be a part of the podcast. You know, I think, I think about things for a long time before I share them because I always want it to be helpful. I don't ever want what I'm sharing to be out of selfish reasons or for anything other than I want to be able to share with you guys something that I think could be helpful. So hopefully you got a little, a little nugget of good information here. And if nothing else, you know which Trader Joe's products to avoid and which to buy. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Again, you get bonus content. It's just bonus. All regular content will always be free. But if you want bonus content, it's over on the Patreon. Uh, Remember to subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Tap five stars. Drop me a note. I love you so much. Post on social media. That's always super helpful. Yeah. And I will see you guys next week. Remember to always be safe, be kind, be hot. And as we added last week, please be normal. I know you will. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.